0: Okay. Hey, everyone. I hope all is well with you. And thanks again for listening. Okay. Well, so I think it's fairly uncontroversial to say that today we live in a culture marked by constant appeal to, well, let's call it positive thinking, right? That's to say we're told that the way to get over things, or that the best way to proceed through life, is just to Think happy thoughts. But this, I think, is pretty superficial. And I would say it's largely ineffective, too. It's a distraction or an evasion rather than a, a real method of coping with things. And um, here's the thing. The ancient thinkers, most notably the Stoics, knew this very, very well. That's why they said little about positive thinking, or made any trite comments about happy thoughts. Instead, what they practiced was something they called negative visualization, or what they also referred to as the premeditation of adversity. Okay, so what's this all about? Well, what the Stoics did is they try to train themselves to maintain their calm and their equanimity in the face of seeming tragedies and misfortunes by routinely visualizing and preparing to cope with them in advance. In other words, to put it more bluntly, they believe that by spending some time thinking about the bad things that can happen to us, that this will lessen their impact on us when they do happen. After all, As Marcus Aurelius said, Misfortune weighs most heavily on those who expect nothing but good fortune. That is, if you think your life is going to be nothing but a sunshine and rainbows, you're probably in for a real shock. So, given that life is often beset with suffering and tragedy, what's the best strategy? Well, to paraphrase Seneca, In times of peace, prepare for war. More specifically, this is what Seneca says. He says, It is in times of security that the spirit should be preparing itself to deal with difficult times. This is what the Stoics meant by the exercise of negative visualization. What they meant was that we should practice imagining the worst-case scenario now, even if it's not necessarily going to happen. So, we should really internalize and feel what it's like to, for example, get old, which, uh, by the way, is something that's going to happen. In other words, we should picture the, the feared scenario of loneliness, and of frailty, and of illness. That way, when these things do happen, we're better prepared for them. We're psychologically stronger and less prone to emotional suffering. We're well prepared for the coming war. Now, this negative visualization isn't just something the Stoics talked about. It's not advice just limited to them. No, it's now quite clearly something that's accepted and practiced by psychology in general. That is, the research is pretty clear that people who are capable of accepting and internalizing negative thoughts and feelings without being overwhelmed by them turn out to be stronger and more resilient in the long term than those who avoid such experiences. This is why it's important to cultivate rational and realistic beliefs and not live in flights of fancy or practice wishful thinking or anesthetize ourselves with happy thoughts. Actually, now that I think about it, it's not exactly the same. But another form that this ancient strategy takes is what has become known today as exposure therapy. Exposure therapy says that when we avoid something we don't like, we sustain a a kind of anxiety about it. So what this therapy recommends is that we, well, we confront our fears head on and so reduce the distress they cause us. So the idea is that If we face our provoking situations in reality, and do so in a gradual and prolonged way, then we will reduce our anxiety about these things over time. Actually, I'm reminded here of something that Rousseau says in his book on education called Émile. He says that children who grow up with spiders don't fear them when they get older. Because they were exposed to them early on, they go on to develop very little anxiety about them. There's some pretty basic common sense in that, right? Anyway, so, back to the Stoics. So, there's another aspect to negative visualization that can prove extremely beneficial. And it has to do with taking the time to imagine that we have lost the things we really value like our home or our pets or even our loved ones. When we do this, when we really internalize the loss of these things, the Stoics say, this will make us value them more than we otherwise would. You see, the Stoics believe that part of the reason we're often so unhappy is because we have desires that are insatiable, that is, we're never satisfied with what we have, but we always want something new, something more. Well, so what we need then is a way of figuring out how to desire and value not the things that we don't have, but the things we already have. Well, like I said, negative visualization can help with this. By, by imagining their loss we appreciate what we have that much more. As Seneca said, everything we have is on loan from fortune, and for that reason we should love our dear ones more than ever. Even Epictetus said that when we kiss our child goodnight, we should always do so with the thought that this may be the last time we see them. We appreciate them that much more when we admit they're on loan from fortune. So, at the end of the day, if we truly want to be happy, we have to be grateful for everything. And this means living not each day, but each moment as if it were our last. It means not changing what we do, but changing our state of mind when we do what we do. It means not spending our time thinking about what we don't have, but instead appreciating what we do have. It means recognizing that every time we do something, it could be the very last time we do it. A recognition that will invest what we're doing with a significance and a passion that would otherwise be absent. Once we really admit to ourselves that what we do may not be repeated, everything we do will become an absolutely extraordinary event. I don't know. Sounds like a pretty good strategy to me.